just start. Just do something that gets you one step closer. Just create. That's it. Don't think about the marketing and the shows and the business cards and the website. And don't think about that yet. And I'm just talking to artists, but you can apply this to anybody. Just create. Then master the creation. Then, right? It's steps. But I think what scares people is they feel like there's this massive plate of food and they got to finish the whole thing in one setting. Just take one little nibble. Hey guys, what's good? Welcome to the Coastline Life. If you're watching this video, that means you co-sign us and we co-sign you. So here are a couple of ways to support us at Coastline Magazine. Number one, view the description below, click the link and purchase an issue of Coastline Magazine. It's like this, this one right here, physical. You can purchase this. Number two, you can also support us by purchasing Cosign merch. Hit the link below and it'll take you to all our past merch items and we'd love to have your support and see you wear Cosign Magazine. tuning in to another episode of Cosign Conversations. Today we have Marion McHale here today. She's an artist, an artpreneur, I would say. Um, she's been featured on a number of publications, websites, media companies. And today we're going to be talking about your story, um, how you got to where you're today, and some of your recent work that you've done. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. For sure. Um, before we get into it, I always like to start with the backstory, right? Okay. So kind of tell us who a young Marion was and what she was doing and when you actually got into art. Okay, um, so my art journey, I mean, I've always been artistic as a kid. I think we all kind of dabbled in art as kids. Um, when I was 13, my dad asked me to pull out these drawings of his because my dad studied architecture. Okay. And so this was before AutoCAD existed, which is like the software that architects use now. So everything right. had to be done by hand. Okay. So when he showed me his architecture drawings, I was blown away by his line work and right. his shading and all that stuff. So I was like, I can do this. <laughs> okay. So I used to sit at his old uh, drawing table and I love basketball. I've always loved basketball. I played basketball. Me too. <laughs> so I started out by drawing like my favorite basketball players. Who was it? And what's so funny now <laughs> is like 18, 20 years later, right. I'm doing pieces for oh, some wow. of the biggest names in NBA. So it's wow. like, it's like it was written. Yeah. But um, I would say back then I was drawing like Jordan, Kobe. Yeah. I used to draw like Iverson, Chris yeah. Webber. It was oh, like yeah. all the guys, D-Wade, you know. <laughs> right. um, and then uh, in high school, I took art class. You know, you had to pick an elective. Right. And I did art. And the first day of art class, my freshman year, the art teacher puts one of those little wood figurines in the center of the table and says, everybody draw it like from your angle and just do a cool background, but draw from your perspective. So I start going and I'm like, <laughs> oh, like I have something right. here, you know? So my art teacher took notice of that. She kind of took me under her wing and fostered that love for art in me. And I did little state art competitions. So then when it came time to go to college, I had gotten a scholarship and I wanted to study art. Okay. And my Egyptian parents were like, there is no way in hell you are wasting a scholarship on art. That's right. not a real job. 
So I didn't study art. I studied exercise science because okay. sports was my second love. And um, I worked, and you know, to keep it brief, I worked many different jobs. You know, in my you know teens and twenties, and um, ultimately I landed in operations management, and I did that for seven or eight years in the corporate world. But art was always in me. Right. It never leaves you. So I kept doing it, and then I started to like grow it as a business, and and then here we are. So I mean, that's the very abridged <laughs> version. That's but, a, that's the synopsis, yeah. a summary of it. Yeah. Okay. So kind of talk to me about like that first piece. So at Cosign, we always like to talk about like that first Cosign who who kind of like helped catapult our career or let us realize that our dreams are possible. So kind of talk to me about that first piece that you made that like um, I guess like as an adult that you kind of realize, let me take this more serious and mm. pursue this as a business. Mm. Do you remember what that piece was? Well, um, the first piece I ever sold, which I think is like stamps you as a professional now because right. you're being paid, was 10 years ago okay. in 2012. But that's not the piece that said, let's like do this as a business. Okay. Um, I think the, the, the piece that truly said to me, Okay, I think actually we're gonna like take the leap soon. Right. I had building, I had been building towards taking the leap and leaving my job, but right. you know, it takes time. Right. The piece that I think was the catalyst or the game changer was um, Zero, the rapper from Houston. Yeah, from Houston. He reached out to me um, and asked me to do a commission piece for him. Oh, nice. And drove from Houston in a Sprinter van to Dallas to pick it up. Oh, wow. Not me taking it to him, right. which was. Um, and I think that kind of changed the, the, the trajectory, like truly, you know, catapulted it. I think that was the moment where I was like, all right, yeah, I think we're going to. Yeah. yeah. I got you. So kind of talk to us about, um, cause we're, we're a community of like creative entrepreneurs. So you describe yourself as artpreneur, right? Yeah. So this is kind of one of our first conversation with the artpreneur fully. So kind of talk to us about that. Like how's that process like and how the transition and what it all takes to be an artpreneur? Because yeah. I know it's lot, it's way more way. than just creating. So kind of talk to us no about question. that. Yeah, I, I always title myself as an entrepreneur. It's it's one of those things where it's like if you don't want to be caught in that stigma of being a starving artist, exactly. you have to know how to run it as a business. Mm -hmm. And I think most artists um, want to just create when truly only about 30% of what you do should be creating. Mm -hmm. The rest of it is all about understanding your audience, understanding how to market, understanding, you know, um, tracking your expenses, understanding right. all, you know, that that entire piece of it gets missed. Um, what I would say is, I mean, my personal journey was, I knew I wanted to leave my job, right? but I knew I wasn't there yet, right? Be intentional and be strategic about the risks you take, okay. right? So it took me four years because I wanted to build up enough capital, enough funds mm -hmm. that was going to last me not three and six months worth of bills, but really last me so I could really do this. Because anybody that knows entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, regardless of whether it be in the creative field or not, right. everyone knows there's great months. And oh, there's yeah. terrible months. <laughs> and slow. you need to be prepared for those terrible months. For sure. You need to ask yourself about how you're going to handle insurance. 
you no longer have health insurance with your job, right? right? You may not have had it before, or you may have been blessed to have it, and now you don't have it anymore. Paying for insurance <laughs> out of pocket of your like with your own. Oh yeah, I know. Whew, right, four hundred one k. What are you going to mm-hmm. do about your retire? What's your retirement plan now that you're? Think about these kind of questions, mm-hmm. and make sure you have the answers for them before you just jump and take the leap. Now that's me personally. Some right. people are a little bit more courageous and brave. <laughs> right. I wanted to make sure I had answers for all those questions before I took that step. Got you. So as an artist, do you feel like you you find you create your audience or your audience finds you? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, a little bit of both. Okay. But I think what I think if you are smart in the beginning mm-hmm. is you need to dictate what your audience is rather than it find you if you aren't as intentional about it then it's just going to be what gravitates towards you and then if that's not necessarily what you wanted you kind of have to do some work to transition it so i would say in the beginning be intentional about who your audience is because otherwise you may get pigeonholed into something you weren't intending to you know that makes sense so who do you say you you create for because i feel like I'm not the most well-versed when it comes to art, right? But I feel like a lot of times people try to label artists like they're this type of artist or they make art for, you know, these type of people. Who who do you say you make art for? Hmm. I feel like I make art for any and everyone, but truly I make art for those who who want to learn something, Mm -hmm. who want to feel something. So I feel like a lot of times people gravitate towards very simple, easy art. And a lot of the times I call it like soldier boy art, <laughs> right? Right. I am more of a J. Cole mm-hmm. artist. I wanna teach you something. I wanna give you references, mm-hmm. historical, literary, personal, that all tie into something that any and everyone could feel and understand. Gotcha. Um, I do tend to always um, create or or portray things because I am a woman from a female perspective and I like to create for women because a woman is who helped completely transform my life, right? right? A black woman is who completely helped me change my life. So I always create and of course, not every piece is that way, but right. that's who I like to speak to. Gotcha. You put a lot of emphasis on this woman. Who is this woman and what does she mean to you? Ah, she's my uh, therapist and uh-huh. counselor. I had went through very, very, very traumatic event at 18. Mm-hmm. I never really speak on it, but gotcha. um, I'm getting to a point where I think I should start publicly speaking on it. Right. She was my um, trauma counselor mm-hmm. that I reached out to. Um, like maybe eight or nine years ago. And she completely helped me, like she helped me completely change how to think. Mm. And you think, um, I don't want to say going through what you went through, but you feel like, you know, working with her has helped catapult your career as an artist. And what did that open up for you as a person and as an artist? That entire event and working through it with her is my why. Mm. That's why I create is because of, that so um that's no question the reason why i do it 
Gotcha. That makes yeah. sense. Thanks for sharing that with me. Of course. Um, so I feel like with, you spoke about hip hop earlier. I feel like with J. Cole and Soulja Boy, right? Jay-Z talks a lot about buying art and depreciation of art. And people are starting to, you know, find more assets that they can, you know, yes. purchase that appreciates. But not everybody has, you know, Jay-Z capital or the eye that, you know, that he may works with. Right. Kind of talk to us about the everyday person who wants to get into collecting art. Like, where do they start? What should they be looking for? Um, how does art appreciate? Like, kind of give us those talking points yeah. because a lot of our community wants to buy art, but I feel like yeah. we don't even know where to start. Yeah. So um, it's so funny because I was having a conversation with a few of my friends about that. You know, the white community has been investing in art for centuries, right? right? They know the the reason behind investing in art. Now, mm. they're... There are different intentions in investing in art. Some may invest in art because they want to invest in the artist right. and they know that they, they see the valuation continues to increase with that artist. Mm. Some people invest in art purely for financial reasons. Right. Some people invest in art for tax evasion purposes. Okay. Like there's so many, there's so many <laughs> reasons. But, um, I think that like people of color actually love art, right. but don't invest in art because they're mm. not they're not informed, right. right? I think that the first step in collecting art is asking yourself, what's the reason for me collecting it? What's the intention? Is it financial? Is it personal that I, I want to have this art in my home and pass it down? Next, ask yourself, what type of art do I actually like? Okay. Right? And then ask yourself, what is my budget? And if it if you see that you spend X dollars on clothes and food right. that it wears and tears, it goes out of style, or it goes in and out your body in 24 hours, right? Ask yourself, like, is this actually something that I'm willing to invest in and actually want to save the money for, right? right? Then you got to do a little bit of understanding of secondary market. Okay. So buying a painting can be like buying a dope pair of tennis shoes, okay. right? So I'm just trying to use like very easy Not layman sure. terms, right? right? So you buy these dope Travis Scott sneakers that they retail for, I'm using easy numbers, they retail for $300, but then you know you can go on stock X right, and resell them for sometimes three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 for a pair of sneakers. Right. It's kind of the same thing with art, right? But understanding what art is going to truly appreciate and what art is just art for the sake of art, mm. right? So um, there's a like a major statistic too about gender okay. in art. Over the course of the last 10 years, 193 billion with a B wow. dollars has been spent on art at auction, okay. right? Art at auction, meaning on the secondary market. Okay. Of that 193 billion pay spent on art, only 3% was spent by women. Mm. Okay? So that tells you that women don't invest in high dollar artwork. Right. Okay? Which we want to change that. Right. Secondly, of that 193 billion, only 3% was produced, bought, was produced by female artists, which means men don't invest in female artists, mm. right? So women don't buy high dollar art typically, yeah, and men don't invest in women. Right. So it's it's tricky as a female artist. I'm saying that statistic because I really want us to change that. Right. Um, Why do you and, think that is too? 
Uh, many reasons. Um, women tend to not have the same amount of disposable income as men do because women only make 74 cents of every dollar that a man does. Right, okay. Right. I also think that um, in, just speaking frankly, in uh, the black community, you can wear your stuff out mm. and people see it. I got this Dior jacket. Right. I got these shoes. I got this Rolex. People can see it. But with a piece of high value art, that stays in your home or in your office or in your, you can't walk around and say, right. I have this $5,000 painting. You can't, right? So there's, there's that piece of it where it's like, we want to show our value and our worth to the world. I got this Benz and you mm -hmm. see it, but no one wants to, right, right invest it into yeah, I had a friend say that he like, man, a lot of times the black community, we wear our wealth, right? Yeah. And that's what we do. That's that's actually a great point. Yeah. But you might want to have your wealth on your wall. Right. And if you involved in some things, <laughs> and somebody comes and raids, you know, the house, they're not going to think about. Right. Right. They're going to look for the cash. You see, there's there's so many um, there's so many facets to understanding and investing in art. No, no question. Not nah, for sure. That makes sense. Um, but to speak about that statistic too, it's, it's crazy because I feel like the world is changing. Right? I feel like a lot of men not only realize, but we're starting to vocalize the importance of women and you know how women create everything. Um, do you see that the statistics changing in the future, like more men investing in women, or has it just been at like a constant three percent, which you've seen? I mean, personally. I have men invest into my work. Right. Now, granted, it, it's likely because of the type of con content or, or the content of my paintings. Right. My start in my big splash in the art world was doing crushed glass pieces mm -hmm. of these legends and top athletes. And of course, men gravitate towards right. that, right? Now, of course, I always create for me and those are the types of works that are have a little bit more of a feminine perspective or flair. But personally, if you looked at my books, that statistic runs true in my books. Okay. That 97% of who purchases for me is men okay. and 3% is women. <laughs> like it's truly, gotcha. it truly translates even in my own. But recently, and this made me so happy. Mm. I just uh, did a collection called Mektub. It's all like modern Egyptian inspired works. And having a woman from Washington DC reach out to me and say, I wanna buy this piece and it be an, another Egyptian woman. Oh, wow. That was meant more to me than any other right. you know, buyer that meant a lot to me than another Egyptian woman wanted to invest in high dollar luxury Congratulations art. on that as well. Thank That's you. amazing. Thank you. Um, but what is that journey like to be able to curate, um, I want to say what was your own show or your own uh, your own viewing because I know that's a lot of work, right? Kind of talk to us about that because, you know, we tend to go to, you know, art shows and we'll see it, but we don't know everything that takes right. for, to make that happen. Right. So kind of talk to us about that. What, uh, that's a really great question. You know, a lot of times when you see like a high-end art gallery, like gallery opening, right. The gallery is who helped curate all of that, okay. right? So when an artist signs with a gallery, it's almost like signing a record label deal, mm -hmm. right? Okay. They you they take 50% of what you make. Is it 50? 50. They take half of what you make. Wow. But, which sucks, but if you're with a good gallery, 
they do all the curating for you. They, you just paint and they come pick up your work and they hang it and they promote it and they market it, right? So, but when you're self-producing your own show, I started creating those works um, for McTube in March of last year. So okay. a year from, year from today. I started creating the works. It took seven months to create 32 pieces of artwork, which is actually a lot to do in seven no. months. And I'm not just creating those works. I'm doing all different kinds of things. I'm doing commission works right, and yeah, projects exactly. and murals yeah, right. and yeah. merchandise. And then um, it took me two months, which is the most ridiculous and craziest thing I've ever done to myself was only give myself two months to actually produce, produce. the show. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not just find a venue and transport the pieces and hang them on the wall. Right. There's so much that goes into it. It's designing catalogs. It's coming up with the the descriptions for each piece and the meanings behind them and the verbiage has to be correct. And it's creating little handouts and QR codes. Right. It's RSVP lists and adding new landing pages to your website for the QR code and promotion, 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 right. and go get this framed and go get custom glass cut. And, and oh, we got to get a liquor sponsor. And, oh, yeah. oh you got to do... <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. there's so much that goes into it now granted everything i make i keep mm. right but there's a price that you pay for right. that and it's your your peace and your stress <laughs> the stress and for the sure. sanity of it all but it's such a blessing because you when you self-produce your own show you continue to learn so much that if you were to ever sign with a, a gallery right. you know what uh sh should be expected right and you know what to be asking for. And yeah, there's so much that goes into it. Gotcha. Yeah. So kind of relating back to music, what you know now, would you sign like a deal or would you stay independent? It would have, oh, that's a, you're asking <laughs> really good questions. That, I think, um, it would have to be a phenomenal gallery, mm -hmm. phenomenal terms that we both are really, really comfortable with. Yes, I would if it's the right fit. My mentor is one of them, like, he's like world renowned. Like he's in museums, he's being taught in oh, art wow. history as he lives. Oh, it's wow. a, he's a big deal. He's signed with this um, gallery in New York. Okay. Now, yes, he has to give them 50%, but what they do for his business is so uh, substantial that it's worth it. Okay. They pay for his studio. Oh, wow. Right, so they pay for his monthly rent for his studio. They, if he wants to get something framed, they pay for it. He, if he wants to get, they pay for his PR, oh, wow. his publicist. You know, and he, they work with one of the top PR firms in the country. They pay for it. So there's, there's a reason there's why you would sign. It gotcha. just has to be the right deal. And for something like that, um, so like with music, they'll give you, you know, they'll they'll pay for you, they'll pay for your stuff, give you an advance. But then, like the the terms of the deal change. So with something like that, when you sign and you're you're at this level, do they still do fifty percent, or is it like they'll take a little more because they're paying for so much more? They'll do fifty percent, but there's always stipulations. Right. So I mean, every deal is different. <laughs> right, right. Every deal is different. Yeah. That makes sense. So let's talk about the people who have purchased art. You have a long list of athletes. Um, kind of talk to us. I don't want this to come off wrong, right? So, like, a lot of times people, when they first buy art, right, it's always of themselves. 
<laughs> which you know is okay but i see this all the time i see you know um even friends that i know are the painters like they'll they'll, they'll paint somebody they'll create something go to the show and try to give it to the artist for never do that for exposure why never, do you say that never do that okay that is that is completely cheapening your brand. Mm. And I know a lot of people do it, and I personally know people that do it. Right. You will never catch me ever paint a piece for somebody and pull up on them and give it to them for free mm. just for the exposure. That's not going to ever get you. It, that, now, it depends on your goals. Right, okay. Everybody's goals is different. My goals is to be established as a you know, luxury contemporary artist, right. period. Um, if your goal is to make money, um, quick, maybe, okay. but ultimately that's not, that's not the right play because it doesn't show any value. It, it, it's showing that you are now, I'm not saying don't ever do a piece for somebody right, right. for free. There's, there's certain, there's certain, um, strategic moves that you should for make sure. to donate a piece or to there's, right. but be, um, be prudent in how you determine that because if you're just pulling up and handing somebody a piece that shows that there's no value in your work right 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 that makes sense yeah um so when you do like a piece for like a um, nfl athlete right and the first one is of them do you from a business standpoint i kind of i kind of use that like a, a funnel like you're bringing them in you know this is the one that they they wanted so you do that but you tell them hey i also have yes. these types of things is that how you yeah. kind of works yeah. and okay awesome yeah and how have you been like what have you what have you been able to like i guess sustain from that as well like what What's like, what's your next offering? So it's very interesting. I'm kind of going to slightly veer off, but not really. It's okay. interesting. Um, a lot of the time there's ego involved mm. in commissioning artwork. Okay. And, and I'm going to use a, a real example that just happened very recently. I had an opening reception for my collection. Mm. This gentleman comes up to me and says, he's debating on purchasing a print, a print of the original. Okay. And I said, would you like me to explain the piece so that you can, I want him to really feel right. and understand the piece so that he'll, if he wants to buy the print. So I spend 10 minutes explaining to him this piece. He's in love with the piece, in love and love and love. Then proceeds to say, do you think that you could take this design and I commission you to put do it as my logo? <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> <laughs> No, right. <laughs> no, you love the piece, right. right? Why would you want to take the meaning and the beauty in the meaning of that piece mm -hmm. and remove it to put your logo? Right. That's ego, right? right? When someone wants a commissioned piece of to commemorate their career right. or etc., as an artist starting out, it's often you have to do commissions, right. right? There's just, that's just how it goes, you gotta, you gotta eat. <laughs> right? But at some point you have to transition it from being, you know, 70% commissions and 30% originals and slowly switch it, right? And when someone purchases a piece of, them, of themselves or a family portrait, right. et cetera, establish a high price for it okay. because otherwise it's not worth it's not worth it's not worth it to continue doing commissions if you're not going to make it worth your while, right. right? Eventually though, you have to get them to see and understand that truly you're an artist, you're mm. not an order taker. There's things sense. in your soul and in your mind and in your heart that you want to put out onto canvas. If if they truly appreciate your work, mm. 
you can get them to understand that and buy into what it is you want to put out there. If they don't truly appreciate you as an artist, they won't. And that's how you filter who's... Got you. So as an artist, do you think you should spend more time educating your clients or selling to them? Educating. Educating. As an artist, your duty on this earth is to educate. The money will come. If you educate them and not just educate in like a, let me teach you about X or Y or Z specific, let me teach you about history or culture or whatever. No. If you teach them to see beauty in something, if you teach them to feel something that maybe they were trying to suppress, that's what I mean by educate. Okay. Yeah. I would say educate first and foremost. That makes sense. I feel like people do need education because... But sometimes when you're working with like a high profile client, right? A lot of times you just want to sell, whether it's art, a business, whatever it is, you just want to sell. But in order to make them a repeat, reoccurring, like you, there's only so many self portraits or family portraits you could do, yeah. right? So you should spend time educating them so that they have a wide variety of the love of art and then could work with you for, you know, another variation of that exactly. or, you know, buy into your originals. Exactly. Um, but I also want to get serious for a second, talk about, you know, Man, you know, man, when it comes to art, right? Mm-hmm. So dealing, we live in a world where, you know, where men always try to put the ego first, right? And, you know, when working with women, they'll see an attractive woman and it starts off maybe about art or business and they use that as a segue in, right? I'm sure it's happened to you plenty of times. <laughs> how do you how, handle that, like in a professional way, but still work with them? Or is it more audible, like that's a turn off, it's, I can't work with you. Like, how do you balance that? Okay. Um... That question is just like story of my life. Um, as a female artist, as a woman, um, you have to be able to sniff that out very quickly and they will make it very evident. Right. Um, there's a certain level of, oh, I don't want to say, um, the word is not flirtation. There's a certain level of um, like, entertaining if you will of like you know that but you just kind of right right if they make it so very evident and clear i i nip it in the bud right then and there either you're going to purchase and you want to work with me because you want the art or that's that's that i cannot tell you how many (laughs) interactions i've had to deal with when it comes to this very topic Will you, will you come to my house? Uh, I want to uh, take you horseback riding on my house. And then um, you tell me which pieces that I should have in my home. And, and you tell me where I should. And it's like. Yeah, I don't need to do all that. No, no, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Like, oh, no, can you come out and take some measurements? And OK, yeah, my assistant will come. Oh, can you do, uh, can you. Okay, yeah, you'll have to pay a $200 per hour consultation fee. That'll turn them off right then and there, right? right? I've had a man say to me, I'll give you, this is so disrespectful, I'll give you a $5,000 deposit for a piece right now if you come home with me. Like, like you think I'm a, what do you think I am? Right. I'm not for sale. The work is for sale. Right. Do you want the work? What does it take for me to get a date with you? What piece do I got to buy to get a date? What, what print do I have to buy to get a print? 
Bro, a prince? <laughs> Yeah. You know, like it's 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 so disrespectful to use a woman's business or services mm. to try to and I get I get the intention. Like mm. I get it. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna invest in her. I actually do want the art. Like I'll take right. the art too. But let me see what like I I get that that could be a good segue into but that just tells me you don't actually respect the work. Right. You know, and I don't want to work with somebody that doesn't respect the work. No, nah, it makes sense. And as entrepreneurs, you're already walking a fine line. But what do you educate men on, on the, the proper way if they did want to buy art but was also interested? Not making this about dating, but I feel like men do need education on like how to work between the two or just keep it one or the other. Or do you feel like there's ever an opportunity to where like they can do it in a different way? that won't be as, you know, such degrading or disrespectful. Well, I guess the question is first, do you want the date or do you want the art? The art first. You want the art yeah. first, right? <laughs> okay, well then start with that and mm. don't make anything about what your intentions are to get to know me or take me out or whatever, right? Start with showing, hey, I actually really love what you do. I think you're talented and I want to invest in it and yeah. I want this in my home. Don't Don't start or lead with anything about that, right? And if, if there is a, if there is a natural connection there, if that, it will be evident right. or not, right? And then from there, hey, I, I saw that latest piece that you did. I think that was really great. Hope all has been well. Ah, da, 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 da. Slowly chip away. Mm -hmm. If she shows interest in, 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 in her responses to it, then elaborate further and say, oh, you know, hey, I was wondering, like, right. but don't just lead with that. That's yeah. like, I don't it's even tacky. want to bother. Yeah, it's tacky. It's yeah. really, really tacky. Nah, I mean, so take notes, guys, out there. <laughs> nah. <laughs> but, um, but I also want to talk about the business of art, right? So we talked about it earlier. But when you talk about knowing your business front and back, right, the expenses and everything, how do you, I know art is subjective, so you can put the value on it, right? But like, kind of tell somebody just from your perspective where you're creating how much goes into it. Because a lot of times... You know, not to be rude, people will say they'll see this and they'll say, okay, this is, let's say $2,500. And somebody will but it looks like you could have done this for X amount of dollars, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Outside of just expensive costs to create that, kind of talks us about everything, like how much you have to put into actually that, buying the stuff, then the time to creating it and all that, because it doesn't just, you don't just create art in an hour. Yeah. Like, how much time and energy and effort goes into, you know, one piece of your original work? Absolutely. It's so funny because I just posted, like, when I, like, before I walked in here, yeah. I posted a video of me at the art supply store, picking out supplies at, like, one of my favorite art supply stores here in Dallas called Azel Art Supply. Okay. And um, Micah, it, Micah is a, a woman that I work with for my, like, she helps me scale my business and yeah. we do content creation together, et cetera. Micah came to film me at the art supply store. And as she's filming in between takes and stuff, she's like, girl, I had no idea just how many like materials are out there and how expensive this stuff is. She's like, damn, a paintbrush is $25, just one brush. Dang. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> when it comes to like creating a piece of artwork. Mm. There's so much that goes into it besides just understanding that an artist took their time to create it. Right. There's the cost of the material. There's the mastery of that material. Oh, yeah. There's not just the mastery of the material, there's the mastery of technique with that material. You understand? Mm. There's, there's transportation, there's oh, yeah. 
photography and content. There's marketing, marketing and website. There, there's so much that goes into selling, creating, and selling one piece of artwork. A lot of times, people don't realize a framed, a framed piece of artwork. Sometimes the the reason why that piece is so expensive is because that frame costs hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars. Mm. But and but the framing adds to the piece. There's there's so much that that's involved. I think that people don't truly register. Personally, when I price a piece, I like to include the delivery service to the client. That way they're not spending, they see a price tag and they see $5,000 and then I have to hit them with another $400 courier service charge. It's all inclusive. So it's all inclusive. So when you see it, there's a reason, there's at least artists should have real reason and intention behind their pricing. So, but I don't know if I answered your question, but <laughs> truly it's, it's, there's years of work and mastery yeah. that, go, and if you see a piece and you're like, I could have did that, well, ask yourself why you didn't. Right. That's a good point. You didn't. And artists, what separates a regular person and, and, and an artist is the artist had the desire to create. Right. You didn't create it. And when I've done like in long time ago, I did like one of those paint and sip classes for a friend. She wanted one for her birthday. So I hosted it and we're doing what in my opinion is very simple right. because that's what I do every day. As we're going through this, you know, paint and sip class, these ladies are turning to me and they're like, oh my God, like this is, you know, right. and it's like, so let's do it. Yeah, I can, I can, uh, I can definitely speak on the framing aspect too. I bought everybody comes to like, like they like the Nipsey like uh-huh. painting, but um, I I got it framed, and once they sent me like how much it was, I was like, ooh, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it cost that much. But framing completely changes the piece. Oh, it does. Framing, I I personally think a painting is not done until it's framed. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's definitely true, and it just made it so much, you know, yeah. more. Yeah, because then now you see you put this gold frame on it, it ties in the colors and his tattoo. You know, it all ties it together. Yeah, nah, thank you. Um, So I also want to talk about what you have next. So we we talked a little bit offline, and you said you moved into your own place. Can you talk to us more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, for sure. So I've been an artist full-time, like, you know, doing this full-time, left my job three years ago. Congratulations on that. Thank you very much. (laughs) And... It's an every artist's dream to have their own like commercial studio and gallery space. And I just moved into mine a month ago. I'm gonna do a big formal announcement, um, hopefully in the next few weeks. Um, But essentially it's a commercial studio and gallery space where I have work to create and a nice gallery with lighting and all of that to display the works. And so very, very proud and very excited about it. And it's, right next to Dallas Love Field Airport. Okay, awesome. And this is gonna be all your original work? Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. do you have a special name for it? Uh, Marianne McHale Studios. I like um, hopefully in the next few months, we're, I'm gearing up to um, offer private instruction for you know different age ranges for our kids. Okay. Um, you know, starting out anywhere from five years old up until high school age or even college if they, I mean, if they want it. Um, but I want to start offering private instruction. So I'll be announcing that as well. Gotcha. That's your kind of way of giving back to young artists and, yeah. and help building them up. Yeah. I had, I had the most phenomenal art teacher in high school. Her name is Miss Kimberly Bowen, now Kimberly Qua. Um, <laughs> and she truly helped me 
see what was inside of me and how much I loved art. Sometimes people don't even realize how much they love it right. until they do it. Right. So that I think would be my way of paying it forward. I'm one of those people who love art from like looking at it. Like I can't, I'm, I have no artistic skills. I can't sketch. That's how I am with music. <laughs> I love music, but I'm yeah. not musical. <laughs> yeah, no, me neither. I used to rap for like two days and <laughs> I, I had to give it up. Same thing with photography. Like I love photos, but it's just, I just, yeah. just can't do it. So yeah. you gotta let the artist create and you, know, you just create. appreciate it. And we give major appreciation to photographers because yeah. I've tried it and we gonna leave leave that to them. Yeah, yeah. Aperture and exposure Man, and all that. Too much. <laughs> let them let them. Just give me the final product. <laughs> exactly. Give <laughs> final product. Um, but um, before we get, I wanted to ask you a couple more questions. Um, one, you talked about you know the a woman who was very important to your journey. Um, you talked to us about your first piece, but I want to know which one has kind of been like the staple in your career. I don't think we talked about that one. Like mm -hmm. the one that. I just want to say, I guess you're your biggest co-signer. If there's one piece that people kind of refer back to where like, hey, I saw you did this piece or, you mm -hmm. know, one that you're most proud of that you can kind of talk about and the significance behind it. I would say it's actually um, a design that I created first as a as like a digital design. Okay. And then I ended up painting it. And then I ended up taking that design and making merch and T-shirts out of it. Mm -hmm. I think that would be the one like thing that everybody would say, oh, I saw that it's called Shades. Okay. And it's these four women um, and they're all at these like different mm -hmm. kind of like levels like this. And they're all these different shades, dark skin, super light mm -hmm. skin, bald hair, They, you know, to right. show like the beauty in women right. and the beauty in all shades. And that whether you have hair, ton of hair or not a lot of hair, that doesn't define your beauty. I ended up doing it as a shirt and it's kind of just been like staple. staple it ended up being worn on espn oh, um, one of the hosts ryan clark wore okay. it uh on nfl one of the like nfl shows on espn so i think that would be like the one that kind of just everybody would say oh i seen right. you know yeah <laughs> and you know we all as creators and entrepreneurs we all have like that moment to where like we're most proud of right um i think for me it started when like this became possible like when you know i, I I became a full-time entrepreneur and I'm like, man, I'm actually making this work. What was so far in your journey has been like the thing you're most proud of as an artist or as an entrepreneur? That's a tough one because there's several moments, but I would say one of the biggest or likely it's, it's, it's between two. It's between when I did my very first solo show, okay. which was Queendom. Okay. Um, it's called Queendom. It was in um, September of 2019. It was my first solo show. And I remember someone coming up to me and saying, wow, you did all this work, mm -hmm. you know? And I stepped back and at that very moment, there was about like maybe 200 people in the room. That's amazing. And I was, I stood back and I was like, she has no idea. They have no idea. They think this is the work. Right. And this was the work, like changing this right. to be able to do this was the work. They yeah. like, I just kind of, and stepping back and saying like, wow, Marion, like you were in what felt like the pit from hell mm -hmm. and you pulled yourself out and you said you were going to do something 
and it took you years, but you did it. And then not only did you leave your job and become an artist, but you always said you were going to host a show right. and you were going to do it to honor women. And here you are and you did it. That was a very, very big moment for me. Secondly, I would say was this past November when I did my second solo show right. and we had 500 people come out and just seeing what I was able to accomplish I'm not going to say on my own in the sense that I had so much right. help, right? Like I have a team that helped me put that all together. But when I say on my own, it's like you curated a very high level art event without a gallery and you had one of the top collectors that has like, um, he and his wife in Dallas host some of the better, you know, art exhibits. Right. And he came and said, what you put together is phenomenal. That was uh, huge for me. That's amazing. And one thing I want to talk about too, you're talking about bringing so many people together. How do you bring an art community together, right? Like we see it easy with like, you know, music and typical, you know, creative, but like, how did you build your community? Because everybody's different. I think that ultimately people really love art. Mm -hmm. And Gathering a community is not hard if you create works that people feel, right. right? And I don't, I wouldn't be what the fine art world would define as fine art. Right. You know, there's a difference between fine art and luxury art. I'm not fine art, I'm felt art, right? And I feel like if you can create works that people really feel like, there's something, there's some piece of it that anyone can relate to and, and it resonates. I think that's how, the best way to build the community, right. regardless of their income, socioeconomic status, their income, their gender, their, you know, their race. If you create something that people can relate to, right. that's it. And I have to ask you this before we get out. What advice, I don't want to say younger self, that's always been asked. But what advice would you give to a young female entrepreneur or artist who's struggling to to change her mindset? Because you talked about it all started with changing here, right? To change her mindset, to let her know, like, really anything you want to do is possible. Because I do believe that it does start in your mind. It's a mental thing, right? Like yeah. Some people say they want to do this, but they don't believe yeah. that they can do it. So yeah. what advice would you give to, to that young woman right now who's watching? Um, what I would say is what what hinders everyone is fear. And on the others, and Will Smith said this, on the other side of fear is bliss. Right. Everyone's fear is, I don't want to start because I'm not going to be good at it. I'm going to fail and it's not going to be good. That's the whole point. Right. Is What's better, bad art or no art? Right. We all start somewhere. What's better, right? Like right. start, just start, yeah. just do something that gets you one step closer. Just create, that's it. Don't think about the marketing and the shows and the business cards and the website. Don't think about that yet. And I'm just talking to artists, but right. you can apply this to anybody. Right. Just create. Mm -hmm. Then master the creation. Okay. Then, right, it's, yeah. it's steps. steps. But I think what scares people is they feel like there's this massive plate of food and they gotta finish the whole thing in one setting. Right. Just take one <laughs> little nibble. Right. That's little it. I think that would be my advice. But also, I think it's just 
that we, as I think personally, I used to let one bad day become two and then three and then four. And then allow yours, if you are feeling, if it's a bad day, just let it be that one bad day. The next day, that's it. Right. Let it go. Pick yourself up. Pull yourself out of that and keep going. Don't let one bad day become the whole week and then the month and the year. That's actually great advice. Yeah. That's great advice. Before we get out of here, please tell everybody where they can follow you, your website. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, if anything else coming, just let them okay. all know. It's your time right now. Um, well, you can follow me on Instagram okay. at official Mare Bear. It's M-A-R-E-B-E-A-R, Mare okay. Bear. That's like my little moniker thing, <laughs> official Mare Bear. Bear. Okay. Um, and then my website is www.marionmikhail.com. And we can, yeah. <laughs> I know that might be hard to spell. Um, and then... Um, what else? What other platforms? I mean, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. I'm on all. Just Wherever go to just go to Instagram and click the little yeah. link, and it'll give you it'll all give the you. things. Um, Shout out to Linktree or Link. Yeah, bio. exactly. <laughs> and then um, coming up, I'm going to be doing a big grand opening for okay. the studio and gallery space, um, and announcing that. And then um, in about a month or so, I'm going to be showing at. It's called the Other Art Fair here okay. in Dallas. It's a big um, collectors fair. It's higher level art fair. It's going to be at Dallas Market Hall. Okay. So I'll be showing some works there. So that'll be good. Get your tickets and come out. Yes. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Thank you for your time. I Thank appreciate you. you. Appreciate and, you know, please make sure y'all stay tuned. And as Cosign Magazine, we Cosign Marion, and we hope you guys enjoy the episode. Thank you and so much. Out. Thank you. Hey guys, what's good? Thanks for supporting Cosign Magazine by watching this video. If you really enjoyed this content, please subscribe, like, comment, and share.